0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to the Hiker Podcast. You are listening to the podcast that gets to know hikers behind the trekking poles, the the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, the podcast that asks hikers, how has hiking changed you and how are you changing the world around you? That's right. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast. I am Andy Neal. I am your host on this journey down the trail talking with hikers. I'm super excited about this week's episode. Uh, First off, that intro song you just heard can be listened to on a playlist i created for the show featuring music and artists that i feature on this show i use musicbed.com to license all the music so it's all legit you know but but that song was snow white by adon you can check that out on the in the link in the description of this episode or just go to spotify and search a uh, hiker podcast playlist and you'll find the playlist of every song i use um mostly on the show, so it's there for you to enjoy. Uh big shout out to our sponsors, Knock Outdoors makers of all your water storage needs, and of course the carbon fiber cork drink and pulse, which you can get 10% off if you use the promo code Hiker Podcast. Also, if you use the link in the description of this episode or just go to hikerpodcast.com, you can of course, of course help the show out. Also got a give a big shout out to cs instant coffee our other sponsor they are legit the best instant coffee on the trail if you want to help out the show click on the uh the link in the description of this episode and uh get you get you some cs instant coffee it helps us out it's all that we got other sponsors uh we work with we have a uh great relationship with wildly goods and their amazing merino wool socks which if you buy some it helps to show out all of that the links for everything is in the descriptions of this episode over to hikerpodcast.com without any further ado though i do want to introduce our next guest our next guest is a travel blogger writer she's written for usa today huffington post um she's worked with brands like national geographic and uh, gutsy women travel in the north face um I had an amazing conversation with our next guest, Alex Schnee, and I know you will love listening to it. So without any further ado, our next guest, the one, the only Alex Schnee. What is up there, hikers? I am just so privileged with this podcast to have gotten to meet so many people from all over the world, and I've had the opportunity to be on other people's podcasts which has been really cool and it's it's through that that i met our next guest alex schnee who is the host of the of the on the map podcast and i i I got to talk about my story on her podcast and she does a lot with the outdoors and travel and she's worked for companies like national geographic and north face and I, i just had to have her on the show so with alex how are you doing today
1: Well, I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks for asking and thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. So, um, just as an introduction, let everybody know who you are, where you come from. You meet someone on the trail, they want to know who you are, what you do. Just give everybody your introduction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm Alex, obviously. Um, I grew up in Montana and grew up in the outdoors. My parents love taking us out hiking, but I've got to be honest, I didn't personally love hiking all that much when I was younger. So we lived right by Glacier National Park, about 30 minutes away. And I had no idea how special of a place it was. I just had no comprehension of how many people would love to visit or live there. And I like to spend my time inside reading a book. And I was a super nerd. I still am a super nerd. But the outdoors was just not something I was into at all. So uh, as soon as I could move away, I went to New York City for college. And that's where I studied writing. And I've always been a writer uh, from a very, very young age. And just I knew that's what I wanted to do with my life is just make sure writing was involved. Um, Anything creative, I love. I love creating videos. I love creating. um, I'm a big photographer. But really, writing was the thing that kind of gelled it all together. So um again didn't appreciate the outdoors at all uh went and lived in europe for a long time i lived in italy um, and popped around from place to place, and um my husband and I met in college, but we were just friends, and then eventually we got together and started traveling together and again, the outdoors wasn't really something that I cared about. I was more into museums and you know culture going and trying new foods. But it wasn't until we started traveling more extensively as digital nomads for several years that I realized a big part of that travel experience was missing. And I started to realize, wow, maybe we're going to places where there are some really amazing opportunities to get outside. So in order to really appreciate a place, some of these destinations, it really involved getting out and hiking and being in nature and just experiencing it as part of that destination. So I really started hiking um, later in life, I would say in my early 20s instead of my early young age. So that has been a a big shift for me. Definitely. Um, I'm now 30. But once I started getting into the outdoors, I was obsessed. I loved it. It provided me a sense of peace and um, meditation that I could not find anywhere else. Um, And since then, we have just incorporated the outdoors into our lives always, either by visiting my family, still in Montana, or by hiking to the Everest Base Camp. Uh, We've done the Inca Trail. We've done uh, hundreds of day hikes now. Um And now the outdoors, I is part of my brand and it's part of my business. And uh, I love that. It, it's amazing.
0: So talk a little bit about your brand and your business, what you do with your, your blog, your website, your podcast. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I run Alex on the Map, which is a blog um, with also, of course, social media accounts attached and everything as well, Um, but mostly focusing on outdoor experiences and locations, destinations that promote the outdoors. So uh, I write guides on my blog, as well as work with different tourism companies in those areas that are big into the outdoors, um, work with them on their marketing. Um, as well as running my own podcast that encourages people to get out and explore whether that means adopting a digital nomad lifestyle or getting outside more Um, finding new ways to be fit and feel healthy while they are traveling um so that's a big part of my my brand and my blog um and whatever freelance writing i do as well so really just incorporating the outdoors has been a big part of what makes uh, my business work, which has been fantastic.
0: So talk a little bit about the the idea of a digital nomad. I think COVID kind of brought it to the forefront where this idea that we didn't have to be in an office and have to be in a cubicle. Um, you, know, you have people working in these large tech companies, but they're having to go into the office every day. You know, they say nine to five, but especially if you're working for a tech company out here on the West Coast, you're talking more like seven to seven um, mm-hmm. with the culture the way it is. But then COVID happens and then it's like, well, I can work from home and I can I can get a van and fix it up. And as long as I can find Wi-Fi, I can work from anywhere. And it's really kind of not only revolutionized the way people work, but it's revolutionized the outdoor culture. Um, explain a little bit of that, what it means to be a digital nomad.
1: Absolutely. I think you did a, a great job of that, where basically you can take your work wherever you want to go. Um, my husband and I actually were digital nomads way before COVID, um, years and years and years before COVID was even a thing. So the two of us, we traveled the world. We took our work with us um, because I was doing a lot of freelance writing and working on different Publications and blogs. Uh, He's an SEO manager. So we were able to just take our work with us. So we were able to live in foreign countries for a big part of our 20s, um, which was fantastic. And it allowed us a lot more freedom than if we had stayed in one place and we were forced to commute to the office or um, even just had work in a more permanent location. So uh, digital nomadism has become a huge trend now because people can take their work remotely and more and more companies are recognizing that the difference in productivity really isn't that much. If anything, maybe it's better because people can have a life outside of just, okay, I'm going to go to the office and then I'm going to go home. So I, I really feel as though this is especially taken a hold of in the outdoor community because it does allow some flexibility, um, especially, you know, you want to get away. Sometimes you want to put away your phone, you want to put away your work, and you want to be able to set that aside and really experience something totally different than outside your your room or your home. Um, van life has become obviously a big trend um, over the past two years, really, since COVID started. So it's been amazing to watch that shift because my husband and I were a part of that before. We were aware of this trend and it was a big part of our lives. So I think it's a great opportunity for those who may have been unsatisfied with what they're doing. Um, and they're looking for more freedom and flexibility within their life. And also a chance to explore some new destinations and explore how amazing this world is without feeling like they're stuck in a situation that they're not happy with.
0: So what I like about your story is, you went out and you you said you were you were a nerd, you're a bookworm, you love going to museums. I, I was very much the same way. Um, I, I grew up in a big city near Los Angeles, Las Vegas. I loved culture and culinary arts and the outdoors is just something I didn't do. It's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go the outdoors. I don't, if I can't drive there, it's not worth it. I, you know, there's bugs here. I don't want to, <laughs> why, why, why do I need to sleep outside if there's a nice hotel I can sleep in? Um, that obviously for me has changed, but you grew up in a very gorgeous part of the country. Uh, my grandparents used to live in Montana, up near the Canadian borders, gorgeous part of the country. And then you you left and then you just you embrace this city life this kind of cosmopolitan life you're traveling um and now you're you're in New York but you you love the outdoors and you're 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 I see your Instagram you're constantly traveling and you're hiking and doing all these things um talk about that 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 economy in your life of living in the big city living in a, a cultural mecca like new york city but still embracing the outdoors um how how do you manage to balance both
1: ah that's a great question and i can't always say i do it well um i try my best uh but there are some moments in my day-to-day life where i really do feel like the outdoors is missing um you know there really is some great Opportunities to get outside, not that far from New York. Uh, the Hudson Valley is a gorgeous area and it's um, a spot where you can just really get out and experience nature in a, in a really wonderful environment. Without having to take a plane or go super far, you don't even need to rent a car that's one of the great things about it is you get on a train and you're there in forty minutes to an hour um, with some world class hiking you know the Appalachian Trail runs right through there. you can hike sections of it and it's really not that far from New York so that is one way I choose to balance another way is by making an active effort to work with tourism brands when I am working um, that are located in areas where hiking outdoors is readily available. And where I know that will be part of my experience when I'm working with them, as well as when my husband and I book travel, the two of us choosing places where we know that we're going to be spending a lot of time outdoors. And that gives me something to look forward to as well. Um, as much as I love New York, I also love the idea of leaving New York and being out in nature. So having those opportunities to get out and to experience that side of things. Um Definitely gives me something to look forward to and get excited about. So uh, that that's one way. I am going to say sometimes on my day today, I wish oh, I wish I could just get out and go for a hike. I wish I could just walk out my my back door and be hiking. But you know, maybe I wouldn't have the same appreciation for it if that was so readily available. Either I'm not sure. So.
0: On the flip side, what is it you love about being in the city and being this, you know, this massive humanity that is, you know, New York?
1: I would definitely say I loved it more when I was younger. Um, Not to say I don't love it because I do. Uh, I do love the change in perspective. I'm always questioning my own perspective when I'm surrounded by other people. Um because you can't avoid people in New York City, there's just no way that you you can separate yourself um that's part of the experiences you are around people all the time and people who are different than you are um who have had a different history, social upbringing uh race, class, everything so you do. Are you're constantly questioning your own beliefs and you're constantly questioning your own lifestyle and whether or not, you know, there is a right or a wrong. And so intellectually, I find that fascinating. And that, that really does push me to think in new ways, um, as does, you know, being going to a museum or going to a play. And so intellectually, I think it's a wonderful place to live sometimes spiritually, sometimes physically, maybe not quite the place I would love. But again, that's finding that balance, right? Constantly trying to, to find that opportunity to have both in your life.
0: And it's a funny dichotomy because myself growing up, growing up in the big city, I find myself missing, even though we have so many cultural opportunities here in Southern Oregon, the Oregon Shakespeare Festivals, it is known as the best repertory theater outside of New York in the United States. So, we have very unique cultural opportunities here where I live that we don't have in other rural areas. But I find myself longing, like, oh, gosh, why can't anything be open past nine o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like on the flip side, I can be on a world I can be on the Pacific Crest Trail in 10 minutes. I can literally mm-hmm. drive and step foot on the PCT in 10 minutes. It's just, a, it's a cool dichotomy to hear someone others, someone else's perspective who grew up in a small town is now in the big city where someone like myself who grew up in the big city is now in a small town. Just the appreciation you have for, for both. And it's okay. I think sometimes in our culture, we think, Oh, you need to be rural, small town, or you need to be big city metropolitan where it's okay to be both. How have you reconciled that in your own heart and mind about being both, being someone who loves the outdoors and loves the city?
1: Mm, that's a great question. I think part of it was growing up in an environment where it was more rural. There was not a lot to do in, in Kalispell, Montana. It's a wonderful place and it's changed a lot um, since I was younger. Um, I think there's always going to be a part of me that identifies with that and identifies with that person who grew up in That type of area. Um, It's just for the majority of my life, that's where I live. So I think there is a part of me that will never fully not experience that or feel that. as well as also recognizing, well, it was an active choice for me to move somewhere else and experience a a different kind of life, a life filled with the city. So I think it's so ingrained in who you are to some extent when you grow up with it. Um, Also, the appreciation and being able to appreciate it. Uh, That's how I can kind of reconcile it and say, you know, both are not bad. (laughs) <laughs> both are good in their own ways. Um, there are positives and negatives to both. But you, we are all multidimensional people. We all have different parts of ourselves that we love and dislike or just frame who we are. And I think, you know, nature has framed me in a lot of different ways, as has being in the city. And so... I've come to a place where I'm not saying this was easy for me because I did struggle with this a lot Is saying I can be both and I can accept both of that as a part of who I am and what I care about. Um, Also making an active effort to conserve the places that I care about, especially um, national parks, especially areas in Montana. That's been a big thing for me saying, you know, it's great that more people are starting to recognize that. How I feel as though I can give back to those places is by being active um, with my platform and being active in sharing my experience with that place and why it's so important. So that's another way I kind of um come to terms with that and myself. So
0: and on your platform, notice you've talked a lot about national parks and um spotlighting the national parks. Talk a little bit about what you've done. With that, you know, advertising the hikes there and and other other things you've done to really kind of highlight national parks on your blog and on your social media platforms and stuff like that.
1: Absolutely, you know, national parks again are a big thing for me. Um, growing up, so close to them, and then you know we had Yellowstone a few hours away, which in Montana a few hours away as <laughs> the same as it is in Oregon. You know, that doesn't <laughs> yes. seem like much of a drive. <laughs> you know, that's fine. So national parks were a, a big part of and still are a big part of my identity where, you know, some of my first memories were going up to Glacier and hiking up there. And, you know, I was married there, my husband and I got married there. And, you know, we spend every summer there. So it's still a big part of who I am. So when I want to talk about national parks, it really comes from a place of these are important places to me. And I want people to have not only a good experience when going, but also a responsible experience as well. So instead of just going there and saying, I'm going to hike and forget about it and leave my trash everywhere and make it a lot more difficult for people to enjoy in the future, I want to be able to say, you know, this is really important to me. This is an environment that really means a lot to me. And when people do not treat it as well as they should, then that actually hurts. That hurts the locals who are there and who feel very proud of it. It hurts the environment itself and it causes a lot of problems. So everyone should have a great time in national parks. You know, that's part of the national park experience is that we can recreate and have an amazing time. On the other hand, it is about the economy the local economies and it is about those natural places that we are trying to conserve because they are so special so that's really what I try to promote, um, especially on my Instagram, because I feel like there is such a, a pull for people to say, I'm going to go to these places because I've seen a pretty picture mm-hmm. um, or, mm-hmm. you know, because social media has told me this is where everyone's going. So that's really where I try to get it across because it, it is the platform where people need to receive that message the most, I think
0: and i that's something i struggle with as well i mean i have people telling me oh on your hikes on your travels um don't geocache or you know i live an hour away from crater lake national park i'm there all mm-hmm. the time and I, i've gotten criticism for you're promoting area too much it's already like disneyland and there are times i i i try to go on a saturday and i get up too late and it's like oh my gosh it's an hour to get in here and then you get to literally to you hike to a waterfall and to get to your your instagram picture at this waterfall there's a line and it feels like disneyland sometimes mm-hmm. how do you balance that that idea of it being an attraction like a disneyland a disney world a, a Times square and it being you know public lands that need to be preserved and and conserved
1: I think that's such a great question, and I think that's something everyone within this space is struggling with right now. Um, I think part of the problem, part of the problem, and part of the great thing about national parks is they are meant for everyone. It's federal land; anyone can go if they would like. You know, we all pay taxes uh, that go to contributing toward keeping these places available. Um, On the other hand, we do need to recognize that maybe the system wasn't set up for so many people and maybe you know maybe it wasn't set up for so many people to be into the outdoors and all want to come at the same time so i do think you know a lot of national parks have recently implemented ticketing systems which has made some people angry some people agree with it um but in a way it is a way to regulate that and say you know this money that you are paying for a ticket and a timed entry, not only does it diminish the amount of people coming in and the foot traffic and keep our spaces you know better, but also you're paying an extra $2 or $3 in order to go experience this. And that money is going toward the preservation of that place. So that is one way that our national park system is trying to do that. Uh, I think another way is education. And you know, working with people within the space, um, like you, Andy, or you know me as well, where uh, you know I've noticed there's just a lot more involvement in making sure that people understand. Okay, this is why I shouldn't go off the trail, or this is why I shouldn't Mm -hmm. leave Mm -hmm. my stuff, and I should pack out when I go, Um, and just being aware and saying, you know, okay, it probably will be a little like Disneyland. That also gives you an opportunity, though, to explore other parts of our country that have been federally protected as well, like our national forests and state parks. And we have a lot of land that is available that's not just our national parks as well. So keeping that in mind, too, and educating people about other options that are available as well.
0: And I think the the federal land uh, managers are, are starting to realize that. I've had recently conversations with with people who who work in the national forest surrounding, um, in manage national forest surrounding Cray Lake National Park, and they've wanted to basically leverage my platform to to encourage people to leave no trace. And I think as as, as creators and as social media influencers, that's important um because not everybody knows and it's really easy to be get mad at people like oh you what are you doing you're not pick, you're not you know one thing i've noticed around where i live is people who camp they think it's okay and they literally think it's okay to leave their trash inside the fire pit when they leave a campsite in a national forest it's not you pack it out <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but that but they don't know people don't know they've never been camping before they've never been been backpacking before they don't know these things so well for many of us it seems like common sense it's not always, and we have to give people some a little bit of grace and, and and work with the national parks and work with the the forest services um to really put it out there on social media. With that said, though, um with social media, the the big thing right now, and I've I've, I've noticed this, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, is just to put your put the pretty stuff out on social media when you're when you're hiking, when you're traveling, um, especially since COVID. It's like you know people mm-hmm. just go there to get their shot and they leave. They don't spend any time. They don't invest into the, the the national forest or the waterfall or whatever it is that they're at. Um, how can social media be a force for good though, in preserving public lands and travel and, in a, a digital nomad lifestyle?
1: Mm, well, that's one of the things I, I loved learning about you and getting to know you as well, because I think we're on the same page with this where, you know, I hate the word influencer. It's not a great word. I definitely prefer creator. Unfortunately, Um,
0: no one knows what you're talking about unless you say that stupid word.
1: Oh, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to be fair, that word does come loaded with the idea of saying you do have a platform and everyone has a platform. Some might have uh, more followers or more people interested than others, but we all have a platform. Um, that's the great thing about social media is everyone has a voice if they would like. Um, on the other hand, uh, if you are in that position of being an influencer, you do have a little bit of a responsibility. If you care about these places to say, you know, this is something that we all need to be aware of when we are on our hikes and we are outside and we are doing these things. Um, if we have that knowledge of leave no trace, and if we have that knowledge of saying, you know, we know we shouldn't do this. We know it's bad. We have an obligation, in my opinion, to share that and to say, you know what, when you're out on a hike, guys, just make sure to clean up, you know, leave no choice is not that hard Um, to create content based around that idea, not to just post the pretty pictures, but also post, all right, this is why it's so pretty because people upkeep it and our national park system works to make sure that it is the best it can be um, due to even, you know, limited funding and, you know, <laughs> lack of rangers and things like that, they're doing the best they can. And so, you know, it, it really is one of those things where, you know, it's a responsibility, I think, on the part of people who do have a say and do have a platform to say, if this is an important issue to you, then yeah it is up to you to educate people a little bit and not in a condescending way you know again like you said not everyone is gonna know this might be the first season that people are getting outside and hiking for the first time ever they might be on their first ever hike Mm -hmm. and they've never heard of these principles before so you know again along with posting the pretty picture and saying this is amazing i had an amazing time I also remember to take my trash with me. I also remember not to approach wildlife. I also remember this, this, and this. And I think it's it's an easy way. It doesn't have to be preachy. It can also be fun. Um, and really just finding that balance is the tricky part about being an influencer or a creator, as I would prefer.
0: The next question I'm asking, not, because, not to be condescending or accusatory, but this is something I, I've been struggling with. I've had this opportunity to work with major national brands um especially as of late and you've worked with national geographic and north face and the national parks and they as creators who create content for organizations and better known as influencers um we do get paid They, they 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 ask me we want you to go out into a national park a national forest and have our product in your hand or wear our shirt or whatever or whatnot, or write about this experience and that experience and we'll sponsor it. And in a way we are in a way exploiting public lands where we're, we're getting profit. We're able to make a living out of public lands. And I'm just, cause I struggle with this. Like I, I, how, how do I, and how do we make a living using these public lands, you know, using the, the, these resources with the opportunities that we have and not really exploit it, and that's something I, I've definitely been struggling with. Because you know, I, I've I've been on shoots where, you know, there 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 are crews there, and like, oh wow, they're not they don't <laughs> stay on the trail, guys. Like, <laughs> <don't... laughs> yeah, let's, 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 let's do this right, guys, and because it, it, it does leave a footprint. And when we do post on these places, more people will come. Um, and we did get a paycheck. How do you ju- not justify it, but um reconcile that? and move that as a force for good.
1: I think that's a great question and that's something I too struggle with. I I think almost anyone within this space um anyone who's self-aware enough understands that there is a bit of a, a catch 22 there isn't there where you know mm-hmm. you are promoting that we treat these spaces better but then you're part of the problem by being there in the first place and you know the way I, I wouldn't even say reconcile it because I still struggle with that idea as well is the way I'm able to get up and do it is by saying, you know, it's better to inform people than to simply not have that content out there at all and not being able to inform people and let them know that this is the way it's supposed to be handled. Because unfortunately, Social media is not going away and the algorithm is not going away. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, national parks, uh, these these companies are reaching out and actively asking for help on this issue. Um, Again, it's not the it's it's not a great feeling every day to say, okay, well, I'm. I'm on in these on these spaces, and I'm part of the problem. At the same time, maybe it's better to be part of the problem, but actively be working toward making it better than just being part of the problem. So that's kind of how I'm able to reconcile it at the end of the day is, you know, if I can make a slightly better impact than what I've taken away, then, you know, at least that's that's in the positive versus the negative. So that's, how I try to do it. It's something I struggle with all the time. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's something—it's a, it's a constant struggle because you're like, I went out and did this and I got paid and it was great. Um, and now more people are out there who don't know what they're doing. And I'm sitting here pretty, you know, with my platform. And it's just this constant like, OK, how do we make it better? And I think you really touched on it. It's education, educating, educating people out there who maybe never been on the outdoors and realizing that social media isn't going anywhere um and these these companies are looking for help these organizations are looking for help and to be a part of the solution in in that system um with the platform we've been given is it's really the best way to to work to work it and um sometimes you know you you get companies you're like how are you involved with the outdoors okay um uh, all right okay because it's trendy right now the outdoors is trending and that's just what we kind of have to to deal with and that's okay and i think it's it's we can look at the haters and look at the people who um give us criticism take the take the criticism that's constructive you know take the meat and throw away the bone and uh and do you and and that's okay um closing out though and i like to ask every person who comes on this show this how has the outdoors and hiking changed you
1: Mm. Oh, so many ways. I think um, this is something I, I've talked a lot about on um, my, my own blog and platform. I've written several articles about it, but I really struggled with self-confidence issues and with uh, body image issues. Um, I had an eating disorder for many, many years, um, and I just did not feel good about myself at all. Um, and that was a difficult thing being a a young person and uh, a young woman, especially growing up and feeling, you know, just uh, how much I just hated how I looked. I hated pretty much everything about myself. Um, and travel was uh certainly a way to open that up for me, but hiking and the outdoors was really the thing that brought it all together for me when I realized how amazing my body actually was and how amazing I, what amazing things it could do. Um, So hiking for me specifically, that active physical effort really changed me in a sense where I was able to, to look at my body in a whole new way and to say, not just how it looked, but how it felt and to be able to say, wow, I can do a four day hike and no problem. Um, or I can go to the Everest base camp and my body can handle this change in altitude and just being really proud of how I was able to, to move it and to, to feel good and to feel good about myself and in, in that sense. And I don't think, you know, I know it, the gym does it for some people and I do go to the gym and love the gym, but it's not the same as feeling that sense of accomplishment, you can actually see it when you are on the summit of a mountain or when you can see how far you've walked um, from one destination to another. So hiking specifically for me has done that. Um, The outdoors specifically has made me realize how small I am and how um, unimportant I am in the grand scheme of things. Uh, We took a flight in Alaska over wrangell St. Elias National Park. And it is kind of an underrated national park if we want to talk about spaces that haven't been overrun. I think they said um, around 250 people visit a day. That's it, in the summer. <laughs> so it's really just a really remote location, and it's the biggest national park in our national park system. So it really made you feel tiny. We took this flight over the mountains, and it just... you realize how small you are and insignificant you are in the grand scheme of these glaciers moving and volcanoes erupting and plate tectonics merging and you know erosion and you realize how incredibly unimportant you are in the grand scheme of things so and that provides a sense of peace as well for me It, it definitely makes me feel you know, as so though my problems are, are really minuscule. So the outdoors, again, has provided that for me. Hiking has provided a sense of confidence. I don't think I could have gotten anywhere else. Wow. And
0: I, I echo all that. Uh, as someone who also has, has is still struggling with the eating disorder um, and how the outdoors has changed the outlook on, on, on not only the the grand scheme of, of where i lie and in the grand scheme of all you know the universe but the amazing things my body can do and that's just that that is awesome and thank you so much for for sharing that tell us more about your blog and your podcast and where people can reach you if they want to follow you on social media or listen to your podcast or uh, read your blog
1: yeah absolutely uh, my website where my blog is located is alexonthemap.com and all my social media pages are Alex on the map, so pretty easy to find. And finally, if you want to check out my podcast where I have Andy on as a guest and we have a great chat about the outdoors as well, it's Nomads on the Map and you can find it at pretty much anywhere, Apple, um, Spotify, wherever podcasts are. So
0: Alex, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us.
1: Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate it.
0: Big Thank you to Alex for coming on the show, sharing your story, Alex. You are amazing. And I am just feel privileged to know you. So make sure you check out everything she's doing. Uh, the best place to go, is, of course, the Instagrams, the Instagrams, where you can also follow me on the Instagrams, the IGs, all that fun stuff, where I post a lot of pictures of myself because I'm trying to get into plus size modeling. It is what it is. Um, but you have been so supportive of that. So cool. You can follow me at uh, Andy films and hikes i like to write stuff too um also follow me at hiker podcast uh, if you want to see like more like of like the landscapes places i hike you can follow me at this other instagram i have um, which is kind of local it's a uh, hike southern oregon and I, I i post a lot of my adventures around southern oregon just the, the landscapes i keep it all separated you know gotta keep it separated sorry i'm a 90s kid that that song just came out i apologize anyways, <laughs> um, once again, big shout out to our sponsors, Kanak Outdoors, CSS & Coffee, Wildly Goods for being so amazing to us. I got to give, got to give a big shout out to the sponsors, Lisa, Sky, Hannah, uh, a random email address at gmail.com. That, uh, yeah. um, Barbara, Mike, Ali, Matthew, Elizabeth, Maggie, Ava, Annette, Renee, Alistair, Mike, Danielle, C., Danielle L. Ren. Jacob. Tommy and Deb. You guys are awesome. Um, Patreon is a great way to support the show. And help us out. Um, I do want to address something really quick. And it's sad. It, 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 it's bittersweet that I have to do this. Um, for so long. I've been able to send out stickers. Hiker podcast stickers to everyone. Um, and. And uh, Yeah it's it's been great to be able to do that the problem is (laughs) i've been sending them out for free um the problem is um i'm getting so many requests now for free stickers and i hate doing this i always want to be able to give out free stickers and if you see me on the street i'm gonna give you a free stick i'm gonna give you a stack full of stickers i got hiker podcast stickers like constantly on order now um i just can't keep up with the demand um two reasons one is the cost of stickers shipping and and or production's gone up um i used to be able to get like 50 stickers printed for nine bucks and that price has gone up because of everything with production costs labor costs all that fun stuff and um and and then just keeping up with that demand because the places I'm getting it printed for they're having supply chain issues which is a big thing right now Um, then also just the fact that I'm getting so many I just can't keep up I was like oh just shoot me a DM shoot me an email andyahikerpodcast.com I'll get you a sticker I'm getting so many requests every day that I just can't keep up and I just I don't want to keep putting that out there And I'm like I'm sorry so I I have to I have to press pause on the free sticker thing now I'm going to say this if you're in Southern Oregon, go to Mountain Provisions in Ashland. They are there. Grab one. Grab a button, too. They got buttons and pins, too, that you can get there exclusively for free. Get one. Get you one. When they run out, they let me know. I, I get more. Um, but for the rest of the people who don't live in Southern Oregon, um, I am working on finding the right uh, online shopping platform that you can order them. I want to I want to offer them as cheap as possible and the sticker specifically i want them to be able to um actually go to a cause to give back to public lands um in any way so i'm looking for that i'm looking the best way to do that that way um you're not just buying a sticker to keep me afloat because i've never i've never made any money off of stickers i don't want to Um, This is just a way that you want to represent the hiker podcast and tell other people about it. That's great. And giving back. Now you can get hiker podcast stickers right now. If you are like I was talking about before a Patreon. I send all our Patreons um, the exclusive hiking is for everybody sticker and regular stickers. And I send buttons and coffee, depending on your level. Now, if you want to get stickers that way, um, you can join at at the, at the bottom level all the way up now i've had a few people want the sticker they they order and they're a patreon for a month and then they get the sticker and, and then they cancel on me which is fine but you know um with that said though i'm not gonna send the sticker until the first month goes through and then you, you pay I, I there's one person i sent it to they signed up immediately i sent off the sticker and they canceled and they never made a payment i'm like oh why'd you do that to me um so I, I, it's one of those things. I feel horrible about it. But if you ever see me on the street, um, yeah, I'll, I will, I will give you a sticker. I'm always carrying stickers with me, in my wallet or whatever. So, I just wanted to put that out there because I've been, I've been pumping that for over a year now, and it's like, oh yeah, come get a free sticker. I'll give you a free sticker. Now it's like, sorry, no more free stickers. It's just the postage. Another thing is just keeping up the top of the cost of the sticker and the time, keeping up the orders, and then it's like putting the postage you know it's basically fifty cents each between the envelope and the postage and just you know when you're getting dozens upon dozens and gets into the hundreds you're like oh, I can't keep up so I'm looking for a platform that will send it out to you and then um a portion of any 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 profits that go beyond the the cost of production and and, and, and shipping uh will will go to support public lands and accessibility to to the outdoors and that's my goal. So anyways I just want to put that out there. Um, with that said guys thanks so much for so, i'm so flustered thank you so much for listening to this week's episode make sure you check out everything alex is doing uh go to hikerpodcast.com for everything we're doing follow me on all the various social media networks and with that thanks for listening to this week's episode of the hiker podcast